Our podcast is totally funded by you, the audience. If you'd like to help us with the podcast, just go to our Patreon page and subscribe. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. You'll get all the episodes in video format, HD video format, and you'll also get a lot more stuff when you subscribe. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Episode 53. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about today. 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 What's the official date today? The official date is the 15th of February, the day after Valentine's Day. And uh, a lot went on. A lot went on this past weekend. As you can tell right now, uh, I don't have any uh, sidekicks. There's no sidekicks here. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Huh? No Andrew Steiner. No no Francesca. No Fran. No Frankie. No Andrew Steiner. Just me. Just me. Just me alone. Uh... Not, not, not for any reason except that uh, they were busy. They were busy, and I got a tight schedule this week as I am about to be flying to Florida tomorrow to do some gigs and then meet up with my wife and kids. They're coming down on Saturday. They're flying into West Palm. I'm flying into West Palm tomorrow, staying with a, a friend from Boston who has a place down there now, the guy I haven't seen in many years, believe it or not, a guy that I made friends with in St. Martin <laughs> in, let's think what year that would be, like 97, 98. I was doing a gig, one of the first gigs I ever did on the road. It was a, a Coconuts comedy club. I was living in Florida for a short amount of time, and they had some gigs in the islands. And I got a gig to go to St. Martin for a month, do comedy. And uh, it was a long month, man. But I, I, I knew, even as a 24-year-old, I, uh, I better appreciate this. This is great to be on an island. One of my Cherry Hill friends flew in. I think he came for a week, got him. You know, I think he stayed in the condo with me. Uh, and Carl was there. I think he's there with his family and uh, and one of his friends, maybe. 
And we kind of became buddies through comedy, believe it or not. He wasn't a comedian, but he loved comedy, and we were just talking comedy. And he was the first one to ever tell me about the Jerky Boys. He kept talking about these crank call tapes that he had, and he would tell me all the fucking, clean out your fucking ears, Jerky. He kept just saying all this shit and explaining it with his Boston accent. He's like, Joe, you got to hear these fucking tapes. They're fucking hilarious, Joe. Joe, you got to fucking hear them. They're fucking, they're fucking good, Joe. Yeah, there's this one guy. I'm Frank. Frank Rizzo. I clean my, <laughs> I say my name once. I'll hit you in the fucking head with a fucking ratchet. And it was the it was the Jerky Boys, and no one had heard of them yet. And he had the bootleg tapes, and he had also told me about the Red Bar. Was it was it called Bar or not Red Bar? Red Red at a bar. I don't know what it was, but it was this guy who talked like this, and people kept calling him and making these crank calls, saying, uh, "Is Stu there?" And he'd go, "Stu who? Pit?" And then you'd hear <laughs> you'd hear the guy in the background. Someone here named Stupid. Stupid. There's a phone for you. Stupid. And then the guy would realize he was being fucked with and he'd come back on and go, You motherfucker. You motherfucker. If I ever find out of you, I'll fucking I'll poke fucking holes in your face. He sounded like Mickey and Rocky. He had like this, this voice. And when I got back from St. Martin, Carl sent me the cassette tapes. That's how long ago it was. Cassette tapes. Sent them to me. Oh, God. And I, and I loved them. I loved them. They were hilarious. And uh, we just have stayed in touch over the years. He's come to shows when I'm ever in, I'm in Boston. He usually comes out, which is it's been a long time since I worked Boston as I pissed them off. I pissed off Laugh Boston years ago doing a podcast talking about one of their gigs that was across the street from where the Patriots played. I think I talked about this happen uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast. The uh, yeah, right across from uh, what the hell is the Patriots Stadium now? Uh, Jesus, I'll figure it out as the podcast goes on. I'm not a big uh, Boston sports fan, so I, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm, I'm and I'm a shitty sports fan. I'll be honest. So like, uh, what do I know? What do I know? So uh, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to Florida tomorrow to hang out with Kyle, playing some golf for two days. Then on Friday, uh, I rented a car. Cars are so fucking expensive to rent now. I don't know if it's just Florida because it's like the time when everybody's going down there. The, you know, your kids got, got off. My kids have off next week. So the car was so expensive. I couldn't even rent a car for the whole trip. I just rented it for the weekend because uh, I'm going down to Miami on Friday to do this place, the Comedy Inn. And then I'm doing another venue about 15 minutes from Miami on Saturday. Those are all available on JoeMatterese.com, by the way. If you if you happen to be in the Florida area this weekend, I'm doing Remember When with the screen and the music and all that uh, at the Comedy Inn. Two shows on Friday. That's the 18th. And then the 19th, I'm in South Florida, which I never even knew there was a city called that. South Florida. I'll be there doing one show. And then I'll uh, then I'm driving back up 
to West Palm, and my wife and my kids will have gotten there on Saturday. And you're saying, well, aren't you going to need a rental car if you're away with your wife and kids for the whole week? I won't because we're staying, uh, we're staying with a friend. If you've known this story, my wife's dad is adopted. My wife is a research person, does Alzheimer's research. She's pretty into research, super into research. And her, uh, her uncle is super like, find the family. One of these, you know, every family has the person that's really into the family tree and figuring it all out. And through tons of research, my wife figured out who her adopted grandparents would be or were, and, and they died, but there was other family around. And this woman, Teresa, that my wife has become friends with through that whole process, she stayed with us for some time in the summer. She grew up very close to where we live right now. She has a lot of family up here, but she lives in Florida. And she said, uh, you guys should come down and stay in my place. Uh, she's divorced. She's got the whole place to herself. So she's letting us stay down there. Nice place right outside of West Palm. So uh, we don't need a rental car because she, you know, she has a car. <laughs> so I only need the rental car to get to Miami and then to get back to West Palm. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Big trip. Big trip. Um, wanted to start the podcast with, uh, if you looked on my social media this week, I had a little thing with the fans saying, what song do you want me to come up to? This past show, I was in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. We had a sold-out show, 320 seats, sold out in South Jersey uh, with uh, Angelo, MCM DJs. He's a friend of mine from South Jersey that I've known for a really long time. We've done some shows together. He's trying to build a following as this throwback DJ. And uh, we kind of mix our following sometimes, and we do shows together. So we did that. And, uh, and, and sold it out and it was, uh, it was fun. And I put it out there on social media. What song would you like me to come up to? And the number I, I posted them already on social media and showed what I did to the coming up to the songs that won. So one of them was, uh, let's think, man, my brain stinks. It's because I'm going away tomorrow. I have so much shit to pack my brain. You ever get like that? Like a, where your brain's like a computer and it's, you know how your computer runs slow when you got too much shit on the hard drive? The RAM speed slows down. That's what happens to me. I, I don't know if you guys have that happen, but it happens to me. I got so much shit to pack because I'm going to be playing golf for two days. So I got to bring my clubs got to bring your golf shoes you got to i got to bring golf balls i got to have the golf glove in there i got to have everything ready uh you know make sure uh the thermostat's going to lower itself when my wife gets down here so we don't have the heat cranking up while we're away uh getting the dog all ready you know my wife's mom's going to watch the dog get all your clothes clean how much how much do you need to go away for 10 days to florida you're gonna have a washer and dryer so you don't really need to pack because you can you can you know a ton of clothes because you can wash stuff just figuring that all out oh you got to bring your computer with the slideshow for remember when what, what inputs do they have 
on their projectors when I get to the venues? Do, will they have HDMI? Are they going to need some sort of conversion? Like, just to figure it all the fuck out becomes exhausting for this shitty brain that I was dealt. The ADD brain that I have. Uh, so, so yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think of the songs. Because I came up to them. I could play the video right now if I felt like it, but I, I don't. You know what? I have the video right here. Seven albums. Okay, that's right. Paradise, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses was was number three. There you heard it. So Paradise City was number uh, was number three on the list. I didn't have anything funny to do to Paradise City. I didn't know what to do on that one. And then let's see if I oh, so it was pretty classic. So, uh, because of the, uh, well, we're going to get to that because it's a main subject for this episode, which is being overloaded, which I just talked about now being overloaded and my brain not working for, uh, the podcast because of everything I have to plan for tomorrow. Well, that's what happened. I think Saturday night with the gig, because when we produce these shows ourselves and we, they call it four wall deal where you get the door and you go into an existing space. You're, you don't own the space. We didn't even have to pay rent on this space. So it was, it was a sweet deal to be able to do it in this big ballroom at the Doubletree, the Hilton Doubletree. I, th I thank you guys for, uh, for doing business with us. I think, it was a, I think it was a big success. Sold out. But as Joe Matarese's brain works... He always, whenever I have a success, I think I could have had a bigger success. That, 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 that's one of my biggest fucking problems in life. And, and I'm a terrible partner. I don't think I'm a good partner. I don't work well with partners. They either get mad at me or I'm mad at them. So because we were overloaded with so much shit we were trying to do, and I had told the guy I was in business with, we better get there early because I've already done a bunch of these shows. When we have a short amount of time to set everything up, you move slow because you're under this stress that there's a, sh oh my God, I got to get it all ready. The audience is showing up at 6.30. <coughs> and my partner didn't really listen to me. He got there kind of late. Not, I'm not throwing him under the bus. He did an excellent job. Everything he did was great, but he did not listen to me. I, I was like, dude, I'm getting there at noon. I can get there at noon. Let's start at noon. I like to set everything up, then get done. Some of these people that are listening probably do this stuff that you're doing when you have something big. It's like people that like to get to the airport early. And then there's the other people that are fucking sprinting through the fucking airport. I used to be the sprinter. But nowadays, especially with these shows, because I have to perform, I need an empty headspace to be funny. Sometimes I'm funny if I have something to bitch about, too. So there, there is a catch-22 there. I can go on stage, and if something just happened, which it did on this show, which was I didn't have time to eat because we were fucking setting shit up the whole time. He didn't have time to eat either. We just had to start. We didn't have the meet-and-greet set up. 
there was no talk of how we were going to run the meet and greet. Everything was just fucking, you know, we were, we were sweaty. Let's put it that way. We had smiles on because we sold out. We made the money, but when you got to perform, you want it, you, you, you want to be relaxed. So didn't have time to eat. I went to the restaurant in the hotel and just ordered a soft pretzel. And I and they said, we got to clean the oven. It's going to take a little bit, but it shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. So I waited like 20 or 25 minutes. I'm looking at my watch. I know the show's going on. I didn't even get to see the openers. I felt I feel bad because I had these two guys open that I one guy I've never seen before. And then my buddy Steve Cooper hadn't done comedy in two years. He was opening for me. He's they, they were both from South Jersey. I wanted to see how they did. So I know if I should use them again. Missed their whole fucking sets because I'm waiting for a soft pretzel. Oh, my God. So, finally, I text Angelo, and I'm like, dude, the soft pretzel, I order food. It's not ready yet. Do you want something? I'll order something for you, and I'll bring it. So, I ordered him. He said, I can eat French fries while I play music. Just order me French fries. So, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. They're not, they're not done. I text him. I go, dude, I got to leave. They're about to bring me on. I'll make it funny. You come back, get the food while I'm on stage, and I'll eat it on stage. I'll, I'll figure out a way to make it funny. So, once again, because we were crammed, now you know what happens is my opening bit was the was to be here's all the songs that people voted for that I'm gonna to come on stage to, and I was gonna do that. Now I can't do them. Because <laughs> Angelo's not there He's getting me my fucking pretzel And his french fries So I'm like just doing crowd work now And anyone who was there Saturday night Will probably say I was I was pretty good right I, I took some phone calls We'll hear them at the end of the episode Of people that were there And what they thought And, and I said the subject kind of is How I'm, I'm a bad partner I have trouble in partnerships, always have, my whole life. I don't know how I'm still married, probably because I, fi I, fi I fucking knew I had to fix that, and I went to therapy, and I got on the antidepressants that my wife wanted me to try, and I, and I thank God, because I would have been a bad team member in the, in the marriage, too. <sighs> fucking fix that. But man, so it still happens in these partnerships. So I don't have the music to do the bits to so what happens when i start doing crowd work and just start riffing is i riff long <laughs> so if you were there i almost did i almost i think i did an hour and 45 minutes saturday night which is way too long i'm mad at myself the crowd had a great time nobody was like dude that was really long i don't think anybody thought that I mean, we'll see when i take some of the phone calls but i feel bad that i went long because Angelo, you know, he rented all this equipment. He was ready. He's the DJ guy. He wants to market this business that he's trying to do, these throwback DJ parties. And uh, he rented all these speakers and bass bins, which is a whole other story. So we had a lot of rental equipment there. And uh, so I can't do the, the music bits. So I got to wait for him to come back. So, so here's him coming back. If I can, uh, if I can find this, it's so funny. He just comes walking. I told him to do it, so it was kind of funny. And then I come up 
to the uh, the music from Wolf of Wall Street is the second choice. That uh, Zoso uh, Seven Horses, Zoso some weird name song. Do you know what song that is? So I'm riffing so long. I'm not even gonna play it. I'm riffing now. So much extra time is getting added into the set because I'm in riff mode now. I got sucked into riff mode. The brain doesn't work as well when everything's confused. The stage isn't, you know, now that I look at the video, if you see the videos when they're posted, I had to really zoom in a lot because we, Angelo had these big lights that were for when he DJs on the stage. They didn't look good in the shots when you look at them. It looks like there's this sh- just extra shit on the stage. Uh, so uh, so some of the videos are harder to make work for social media for me. So uh, I came up and I did a bit from Wolf of Wall Street, right? Which was, uh, you know, just did that. that I just did the scene where he's like, I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. That whole fucking thing, right? That went viral. Someone did one with Donald Trump because he he wouldn't leave his presidency, and it was really funny. Someone posted that during the the election. So the song that was the winner for the whole podcast, uh, or or all the social media people that voted, was this song. So this was, and I think I'm going to use this as my intro song now. I love this song. My son loves this song. When your son likes some like classic rock from when you grew up, like I just love. Because he likes so so much terrible fucking rap music of today that I listen to. I'm like, this is terrible. But then he occasionally, maybe it's because we liked it together and it remembers him when he was little and we used to hang and I would drive him to preschool and all that. He used to love ACDC in the car. And I'll play it for you. This, is, uh, this was the winner. So this is it. You guys know this song? to thrill ACDC from the Back in Black album I gotta have to fade it out before they take the whole episode down uh, which they do for like a second of music these days so that that was the winner shoot to thrill ACDC and uh, oh my god oh my god so on top of everything being overloaded in my mind on Saturday so I wake up to do the show i got to drive all the way down i did two shows the night before in new york city to prep because i hadn't been on stage in three weeks did two sets the comic strip felt like i got some of my stage legs back and then i had to drive down there early because i wanted to set up early which didn't happen (laughs) now i'm just there i'm just there in the hotel but driving down there i started to feel like some sort of Lyme disease weirdness, which now that I think about it, it's probably anxiety. Anyone who's an anxious person, do you ever have it just make you exhausted? It, it wipes you out. 
it's it, you're running your brain too much. It makes you tired, you know. Uh, my wife said this to me this weekend. She goes, "Don't you ever just get tired? Why do you always want to do stuff?" Like I wanted to uh, last night. I was like, "It's Valentine's Day. Why don't we go play indoor golf?" For me and you, they have one of these indoor uh, virtual golf things, you know, where you hit it into the screen, and they had food and they have drinks there. I'm like, that would be fun, right? And she's like, I have so much stuff to do with my job. Oh, my God, I have to get this grant in. And I I just, I can't, don't you ever just want to do nothing? And I said to her, you know why I think I always want, I like to do nothing after I did something. (laughs) If I go golfing, then afterwards, I want to do nothing. But uh, I like to keep going. And I think when you're an anxious person, you like to do a lot of things because it keeps your mind off your mind right? It takes you out of it. You want to do that. You want to take yourself out of it. What do I got to do? I'll go play golf. I'll go hit some tennis balls. I think that's why I played sports growing up. It just, it, it made me think about the game, especially if you were playing a sport or playing a position in the sport where there was no time to just sit there. Like I played outfield in little league, which was a mistake. Cause I, I would get yelled at by the coaches, Matt Reese. Wake up! Like, I would just I would just fucking be staring to the right. I would ADD out in the middle of things. But if I was pitching or catching, that's when I was in the game. Because you, you can't ADD. You got to throw the ball. You're the pitcher. Or you're the catcher. It's coming to you. It's coming to you. It's coming to you. You got to throw it back to the pitcher. Throw it back to the pitcher. Throw it back. If I'm just sitting there, it's bad. So I like to do shit. So uh, I'm feeling sick. Driving down, I'm texting my doctor. I'm like, I don't know what's going on because he told me that he doesn't think I have Lyme disease now. He thinks it was a false positive because I had my blood taken a month after I was done all the antibiotics. And the, the, the Lyme number that you see in the blood test was still at an escalated level. And he's like, oh, my God, uh, I don't know. It's some sort of false positive. And the, the other things that it could be, there's no way you have them. You don't have any symptoms you don't have any lupus symptoms. You're, there's no way you're HIV positive. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to ever hear that from you. You're like, fuck, no, I won't. No. And he's like, he's like, it could be rheumatoid arthritis because I had, you know, this thumb thing. Can you see that? People that pay Patreon. See the, th- yeah, that's a good, I have that. That's been swelled for like a year. It won't go down. I had them take an x-ray of it and they said, uh, that it's not, that's, there's no mass. It's not like some cancer. It's not cyst. It's arthritic. It's arthritic. And I have it, the same thing like here on my shoulder. I don't know if you could see it. I'll kind of show it to you. It like sticks out more on this side. I don't know. You can kind of see it in the video there. Right there where this, it goes boom, boom. And then if I end up work, like I had to lay off the weights working out. I just use really lightweight now. Every 10 years, I got to go down on the on the amount of weight. I can remember 10 years ago, I couldn't do regular, I couldn't do regular benching anymore. I kept getting tendonitis. I thought tendonitis, but it, it's, it was probably arthritic of some sort in my elbows, really bad. And it wouldn't go away. So I had to I had to do sit-down bench now. Now I do sit-down bench. It's going to get to the point where, even on the elliptical now, I'm like, oh, you can't go any incline. And you got to go down and make it really easy to push the pedals. I'm like, what the fuck? Getting old blows. So I guess uh, 
you know, helping me. It's helping me talk to you guys right now because I'm figuring it out that that I've had this for a long time. But I thought I was feeling really tired because of some sort of autoimmune thing. Then that's why my blood had the high level. I'm like texting the doctor. I get to the I get to the hotel. I start to uh, want to set everything up with Angelo. Like I said, he's not there. He goes, just go lay down. So I sat in my room for a little while. I think I put my set list together for my show. I start feeling better. I'm not tired anymore. And uh, I don't know. So I go down there. We finally start. And and I can already tell it, it's it's... It's it's happening again. It's another one of these shows where we should have been there three hours earlier than, than we are. And what really sucked is the reason why I wasn't three hours earlier in some of these other shows that I've done in the past is I couldn't get in there any earlier. Like sometimes you have a call time and that's as early as you're allowed in. So you got you're fucked. You know, you got three hours to set it all up. And rehearse it if you wanted to rehearse something, which stand-up comedians don't usually rehearse. But when I do remember when, you got to do pictures. I need to rehearse it with the person who works at the theater who's going to be running my pictures. Because I can't just have them guessing when to hit the next picture. It's good if I go through it through them for them once, live, in the space. Which is the best it ever went. I got a standing ovation when I did that in Fairfield, Connecticut. I was there early. I ran through the stuff. They got to see it and hear it. And boom, they nailed it. And boom, standing ovation. See, I'm picky, but I've always had this my whole life. You're picky, but you're right. That's what I always get. You're picky, but you're right. And uh, and again, I was right. The other thing, and I hate to say this because I think Angelo really wants to uh he really wants to have these um these throwback dance parties which I think are great but unfortunately I don't think it works to do stand up and then another thing now maybe some of the people that were there that called in are going to disagree like Ron Poliquin loved loves having the DJ afterwards and dancing but my question to you guys is but is it worth the sacrifice of that you could make way more money. You know what I mean? Because we're not really charging more because there was a DJ there. It was $25 a person to get in, which is what a comedy show always costs. Or I think it was $40 for the VIP, which got you uh, my DVD CD of my last special autographed. You also got a picture with me. We had a whole one of those photo booths that they set up in, in, at weddings. So you got a picture with me, and then you got to talk to me a little bit. There was a meet and greet. The meet and greet took two hours after the show was over. So I missed, I didn't even see my own fucking dad at this show. That's, that's how much we were, uh, we were rushing around and behind the ball. My dad and my sister are at my show. I didn't even see them. And I was talking about my dad and my set, so it really tricked me because I'm going, "Dad, are you here? Stand up!" I was trying to give my dad like a nice little, get him a nice little applause. He didn't stand up, so I'm like, "Maybe he isn't here." And then I go, "Dad, are you here?" And then I didn't hear anything. I'm like, "I guess he's not fucking here. Maybe he left. Maybe I offended my dad." I'm on stage for the whole time thinking maybe I said something that was offensive. I don't know. 
shit, I don't hope I didn't offend him. Then I saw him afterwards as I was in the meet and greet. I just saw him walk by, but we didn't even get to talk, nothing. So uh, just just running around like a crazy man. And I think I had said early on, why don't we, you know, we could just do two shows if we don't do the DJing thing at all, you know. And he's trying to market the DJing thing, which, again, I think it's great. That will kick ass when he does it by himself. But when you're doing comedy and then you got to mix that all together, it really complicates the fucking night. Unless you're getting hired to do corporate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against it on corporate. See, what you guys don't understand, when you do corporate, first of all, one thing you don't have to do, you don't have to sell tickets. You don't have to post it every day on social media. Because what, what I do when I have live shows, if you ever want to book me to do a live event, you need me to sell tickets, that's what I do. I post it on social media almost every day I'm posting shit. I, I put stand-up clips. I tag it at the end of the video clip. Oh, buy tickets. I'm going to be at this place, this place. Constantly mention it on the podcast. Do it on here. You're trying to sell tickets, trying to sell tickets. It's very... I always said, said this from the beginning. Whenever you make more, you work more. Like, you do a corporate gig, though. That's the one thing that can pay sometimes even more than a club or a theater where you had to sell tickets. You just get a lot, and you show up, and you didn't have to sell tickets, and there's a there's an audience that's built in because the corporation hired you to do it. And then I don't give a shit if we're doing a dance party after I get done, say, my Remember When show. Go ahead. Do both. Even You could have an hour break, maybe, and then the DJ comes on and plays music for the rest of the night. Fantastic. But I don't think when you're when you're selling tickets and you had the chance, first off, we, we were sold out two weeks in advance. When you're when I don't want to shit on myself and make myself sound like I'm not a draw. Usually everybody buys tickets to my shows like the two weeks leading up to the gig. That's when the ticket sales start jumping, right? This one, two weeks before, it sold out already. I was like, dude, we, we should just add a second show now. I bet we could sell 250 more tickets. You know? He ended up adding 20 more like the night before. They sold in like 20 minutes. I was like, that's telling me that we could have made double what we made that night. We didn't need to have fucking dancing afterwards. All right. I'm being long-winded on this. So I just don't know. I don't know what, what it is about me. Um that I have trouble in these partnerships. Is it a, is it a narcissistic thing? Is it a comedy thing? I I don't know. I think I think comedians are very solo players. At least in the New York game especially. There there's been no comedians really lending a hand, you know. Artie Lang in his day, he used to lend he used to lend a hand, you know, he'd let you open for him. Um, and he, 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 you know, he'd give you some advice here and there. He was very kind that way. But I don't know if there's comedians out there, like, when they sense that they can... How many guys out there do what Rodney Dangerfield did back in the day, which is, like, put an H HBO show together where he gets to make other people really famous and, and put these comedians on that he, think are, that he thinks are hilarious? I don't know how many comedians, like I said, especially on the in the New York comedy game, that are like, 
I have an opportunity to launch you. I'd love to help you and launch you and make you get big. You know, I don't know. I, you don't see that happening. I think it's, and I think that's kind of why I'm that way with the partnership thing. Like, and I, and I knew that even when I was thinking, Oh, maybe I'll open a comedy club. Should I open a comedy club? I knew right away. I was like, if there's a way I can do this without having a partner, like, is there a way to get someone to be a financial backer who's a silent financial backer and he can't give any two cents? Cause that's what I need. I can't have to listen to some rich guy with some really bad ideas. And, and that's, what it's felt like my whole life, everything I've ever done. I'm like, Oh, that's a fucking bad idea. You know, I've, I don't know what it is. I've always been like that. Every manager I had, I was like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I can't stand this guy. And then I'd leave that manager. Then I get a new one. This guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I hate this guy too. He's not doing shit. Get rid of him. Then get a new manager. You know, I've had, I think I had five comedy managers. So, uh, I don't know. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to learn from what I'm saying to you guys right now. No teams. I'm not on a team. Even doing the podcast with Andrew and Francesca, that's a little bit of a team, right? I get annoying when I'm that guy. I'm like, come on, tweet it or throw it out there. I try to get people to join the Patreon and I'll give you guys some money. It's like I, I, I try, you know, but maybe, I don't know. Should, should the podcast just be me? Some weeks I feel like it should just be me, so I do it by myself. Other weeks I like having a chat with some other people, and I put them on. That's what that's what the podcast is going to be, everybody. It's gonna it's gonna change, but it'll always be you know it'll always be this. But it, it you know whenever I'm feeling is what I go with. I'm trying to look what else is on my uh, my list. If you see me looking down a lot, I don't want to skip any subjects. But uh, the the shore rental, they still don't have that figured out. My wife's family still don't have a shore rental. Then I just had this come up. Um, I might have an offer to do a theater in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Again, this year I did it last summer. It was great. And I, we rented a house in the Wildwood Crest, which is my wife, my kids. And uh, my son brought one of his friends. It was really fun. And uh, my mother-in-law and her husband came too. And it was just us without my wife's sister and her uh Husband and, and their kids, that didn't happen last year. So I, I don't know. We might end up there. We might end up Jersey shoring it. But I'm curious to go to the phones. I want to get to these guys right now. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phones. It's going to take me a second. Hey, it's Jerry Rowan. And I'm just calling to say that I had a great time at your Valentine's Day show. And so did my wife. Uh, it's three years in a row now that we've been coming to see Joe on Valentine's Day, and it's a, it's a great night. It's a great night for a date, for sure. Uh, you know, it gets everybody laughing. Laughing makes everybody smiling. Smiling makes people happy. And, you know, when you're happy, hopefully happier things happen. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not sure how this connects to your topic, but, um, I, I guess you weren't happy with some of the things that went on Saturday night, but uh, I, I guess the only one that I will admit was was pretty inconvenient was the cash bar. 
Oh, I forgot. You know, not not, not not you know, nobody minded paying for drink. Oh, I gotta pause you there for a second. I forgot about that. That one when I found it out, I was like, like again, it doesn't affect my money at all. Thank fucking God. Cause one of my deals, I remember I did a four wall deal. Not a four wall. I did a we did a door split with uh the Scottish Rite Theater. And the split was kind of low, so what they did is they gave us a percentage of the alcohol, which I've never had happen in any of my deals ever. Did I ever get a percentage of alcohol intake at the venue? So that, that, if I had that deal with this, oh, I would have been fucking livid, Jerry. No. See, what, what he's trying to say is, is uh, and I didn't even know it was going to happen. They couldn't take credit cards at the hotel where they had the bars set up. It was cash bar only, and they had no ATMs in the whole hotel. So people had to leave and drive like 10 minutes. It was fucking freezing out and like flurrying. They had to drive to get cash to come back to do the cash bar. Oh, my God, what I have been. So you know people just drank less. They're like, fuck it. I, I, don't, I can't use my credit card. I don't ever bring cash. Nobody brings cash. Another reason why I use credit cards all the time is because I can write off lots of stuff in my job. If I'm working... I use credit cards because that's how I keep track of it all. I have a business credit card. And I'm sure lots of other people do stuff like that. How could they have not had... It, there's no, it was one of those no excuse for that now. See, I'm going to burn a bridge. The guy's never going to want to use me again. You did a great job on everything else. Whoever, I only met him for a second, the guy that ran the Doubletree. But dude, all you need is a phone with the square... Go into your bank account and you could be swiping credit. Like, there's no excuse. You could just put it on, give them devices. Even, you know, they had no waitresses either, which is fine. I wouldn't have done a cash bar or I wouldn't have done a, uh, a, a deal with the alcohol if I didn't have waitresses. So, everybody, that becomes hard too when you're in a big space and there's no waitresses coming around taking orders. But somehow they pulled it off. People leaving when they wanted something to drink. They probably just didn't drink a lot because you have to leave to go get the... You have to leave the room because it wasn't in the room, the bar. It was right in the hallway outside the doors. But I'm OCD. I don't like to do... I don't think any comedians do. Standing on stage in a space where the doors are open and you can see people just walking by that aren't part of the show, it's distracting. Like, you want theater doors closed. So I said, you, you, can't, you can't have these open. Like, I know it's easier for the audience to go out there to get drinks, but they're going to go out, they're going to talk, all that noise is going to come into the room. It'll just suck. You got to, and I, I, the first minute I was on stage, I was like, close the fucking doors. You got to close the fucking doors. Please close the doors. So they did. They probably hate me. Let's hear the rest of Jerry. But you needed cash, and it, we weren't really... It wasn't made clear that we needed cash, and so I didn't have cash. And uh, by the time you walk to the lobby where you could use a, a credit, you could get your drink there. And by the time you got back to the to the party room, you, you needed another. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that. For I stay in hotels for a living, basically. I had never been in a hotel that big. It took like fifteen minutes to walk from my room. <laughs> to the lobby <laughs> that's what he's talking about and this the the where the show was was in the back by near where my room was so if you had to go to the lobby to get cash 
it sounds like he's saying if you could have, or you bought a drink there instead, I guess is what he's saying, because they had a restaurant there called Red's that you could take credit cards. But in the back where they were going to do this, you couldn't take credit cards. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that, I don't know how that got, how that got <laughs> miscommunicated or how nobody said, hey, you, you, you got to figure out a way to get credit card sales by this big show. We got it. We're we're all we're sold out already. You got you got two weeks. We're sold out. You got to you got to figure it out. You'll make fucking three times the amount of money. And it's the same with me. How I felt. I, I know I could have made a lot more money. And some people go, just be happy with that you sold out the one and you made this. And I'm like, that's hard. When I like I did it two years earlier at that same time of year at a theater that held seven hundred and twenty five, and we sold it out. And now I realize I'm doing 320. I'm making, I made a third of what I made the first time when I did it in the 725 seater. I made a third less. And I try to explain to these guys, I don't work every week. So when I work, especially in my hometown, I need to fucking crush it to cover myself. That's how my career works and i know a few other comedians like this they're big in little areas so when they hit that area they got to make fucking fifteen thousand dollars so uh that's just how it is that kind of sucked anyway but uh but you know we left and got cash and came back and uh and uh you know everything was all right by then but that might have that might have accounted for uh, the crowd thinned out maybe sooner than it would have but other than that it was a nice room the uh, the food was good, despite what Ron might think. And uh, I had a good time hanging out with Ron and some of the other super fans and yourself. And, uh, you know, even some of the newer uh, super fans. It, it, it was fun. They were asking Ron and I how we knew you, Joe. <laughs> so we just said, hey, we were, were just fans. And so uh, I heard I heard they got to know you, too. Or, or you got to know them, uh, uh, maybe. Anyway, I'm running long here, I guess. But it was great. It was a great weekend. Uh, so long, gang. That was great that he said that. I didn't realize that you met. Well, I guess you're saying they became fans that night. And that just rem- reminded me of something else I forgot, and probably because I was overwhelmed. Uh I fucking always forget to mention that I have a podcast on stage and that you could probably be getting some of these people that are at the show to actually become podcast listeners. I always forget that. And you guys were there, you know, showing what a podcast listener can do, which is, you know, it really connects you with the fans. You think social media connects you. I mean... I love you guys that you come to all the shows and we hang and we talk afterwards. Like you there, Jerry, Jerry, literally Jerry Rowan. He literally came to parks casino. What was that? Two and a half weeks ago. He came there to see the show. Right. And now he came to this one too, which is three weeks later. So, I mean, just what a great super fan and, and your friends. Like I always say, we're not, you're not even a fan. You're like, you're like a friend. Uh, I love when it makes that transition that my a fan starts as a fan and it becomes a friend. So let's hear with uh, the second caller 
has to say, has to say. Here we go. All right. Morning, Joe. It's uh, Matt from outside Philly. I'll leave a message for the podcast today. Uh, a couple of things for everyone. Uh, Joe had a great show last Saturday in lovely New Jersey um, at the infamous Doubletree in Mount Laurel. And, and Joe, you're great, by the way, because you're saying after the show how you went like an hour and a half. Uh, but you still could have kept going. The audience is still into hearing you. So uh, great atmosphere, great crowd. Um, only minor correction I would make next time, Joe, for a show is like that um, Saturday Night Live sketch with Christopher Walken needing more cowbell. You need more speakers. Because, you know, you only have six speakers on that tiny stage. I could use about four more speakers just to make sure we heard everything. Um, but that being said, you know, regard to uh, the... I can't tell if he's serious right there. <laughs> is he serious? Or is he making a sarcastic joke because I made fun of Angelo for renting all the stuff. But I did think that when he was setting it all up. I'm like, dude, there's no... If you're going to have six speakers, you can't put them all... You can't put three on one side of me and three on the other. Like You, you should have those all around the room and run run wires and tape them down. I, I don't know what these guys do now, these DJs. I think they use wireless ones. A lot of these guys, I hear them, they're like, no, dude, we use wireless. So we have four speakers in the room. Like, that's what I would have done. Having all these speakers next to me, you know, it, it, it didn't make the sound that great. I, I don't know. Because I, I notice it, Matt, because I record all my stuff because I use it like crazy on social media. I make clips, I edit them, I transcribe them. And when that's why I wanted the you know the backdrop to look right, didn't look so good in what I got going on because of all this shit all over the stage. Uh and uh the other thing is the sound didn't sound that like the audio isn't that good. And for some weird reason, especially with TikTok, you post videos with echoey okay audio they don't get the big numbers. I, I don't know why. I've noticed that. The stuff from my specials that are really professionally shot and, and the audio is really, really professionally recorded, they just do the best. Granted, they're probably the funniest, but, I mean, I don't know. So uh, I don't know if you were serious about the speakers. <laughs> message about not being able to work with people. You know, I think it doesn't help that you're a perfectionist, right? And because of that, everyone's going to irritate you. <laughs> Because no one's going to have the eye that you have, the attention to detail, the way you want it done exactly a certain way. And I'm sure everyone's going to irritate you the whole time. Now, it's not the same as having guests on a podcast, which you're great at. So I just look at it differently. I get what you're saying, and I can do the same way, too. Sometimes people irritate me I work with because I want things done a certain way, but so it goes. So anyway, Joe, hope you're doing well. Great seeing you again, and uh, talk soon. Great call, Matt. Another great f fan friend. Fan friend, Matthew, who comes to tons of shows and is very supportive over the years, especially on Patreon. He's always been the highest Patreon uh, supporter, the highest tier. He always does that, and I, I always appreciate that. Uh, you heard it at the beginning, a way to do that, to get the video and really support what I'm doing here and get all those extra benefits and you, and you kind of become my friend. It's just weird. I mean, does that mean that you have to pay money to become my friend? No. Because there's guys uh, who are 
super fans that aren't Patreon subscribers and 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 we're friends. It has nothing to do with you don't have to pay to be my friend. But um, it's patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. It's always under uh, the description. It's in there, too, wherever you listen to the podcast, especially if you're on iTunes. They are, there's always a description of the episode at the bottom of it. It has my little link tree link that has links to everything I'm doing. And you can always, uh, you can always get them there. And uh, you could follow me on social media. You can get tickets to live shows, which speaking of, which speaking of, you always need this to, to do that. But uh, yeah, these live shows, as I always like to end the podcast with some, uh, with some plugs, everybody. Come and see me live if you're going to happen to be in the Miami, Florida area this weekend. That's where I'm going to be. That's where I am going to be. I'm looking forward to that, man. Uh, Miami on Friday, two shows, remember when. South Florida on Saturday, the 19th, which is 18th is this Friday. So the 18th, Miami, 19th, South Florida. All those tickets are available on JoeMatterese.com or on Instagram or wherever you follow me. There's usually the Linktree link there that you can get all the ticket links to come out. And uh, something I could have talked about, for, but I'll probably talk about it on the next episode. Ron will probably love this. Uh, I'm going to see a one-man show while I'm in West Palm. Typical me, right? Flying in, flying in on Wednesday. Then Friday and Saturday, I'm doing my shows. And then in Miami, then Sunday morning, I'm driving back to West Palm. And I got tickets in West Palm to see this guy who's doing a one-man show all about Lenny Bruce. It's called I Am Lenny Bruce. I could be getting that wrong. I Am Lenny Bruce. Never heard of the actor who's playing him. It's a one-man show. And uh, Joe Montagna is directing it. He's got, I think this guy's been doing this play for like four or five years. You can go find the trailer to it on YouTube if you happen to be interested. I Am Lenny Bruce. It looks really good. Carl, 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 who's let me stay at his house and taking me golfing with him. I bought him a, I bought him a ticket, and uh, we're going to see that together because there was no way my wife wanted to fly to West Palm and then be indoors the next day when it's 81 degrees outside to watch a one-man play. But I do because I like to do stuff. It's a callback. I like to do stuff. That's me. That's me. You guys have a great one. There will be no podcast next week, by the way. I am going to be on vacation. I come back on the 25th. You will have a podcast. What's the Tuesday after the 25th? Let's take a look. The Tuesday after the 25th is the 28th. I'll be back on the 28th. All right, guys? Just when you miss the podcast, just listen to this one again or something next week. All right? And I'll be, uh, I'll be on a beach trying to relax. I fucking need it. Man, oh man, have I been running hot, as they would say. Running hot. Have a great one, guys. Love you. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your winter breaks. Your kids are off next week, because mine are. And they will be with us. See you later.